bend Judah as I bend my bow and fill it with Ephraim. I will rouse your sons, O Zion, against your sons, against your sons, O Greece, and make you like a warrior's sword. <coughs> this is the word of the Lord.
Your reading is now from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. I'm the Lord's servant. Verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, to be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I'm, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, made be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her.
Our next reading is taken from Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 55. Luke 1, 46 through 55. Mary's song. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our father. This is the word of the Lord. The reading now is still in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. 
And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord.
heaven. You are called Emmanuel. God is now with us, ever present to deliver. You are God eternal. You are Lord of all the earth. Love has come to us, bringing us new birth. Good evening and a very uh, happy Christmas season to you all. Uh, this, this next reading um, might be a little bit unexpected for the classic, um, I suppose, carols by candle at time, although I would argue that uh, we're still playing within the boundaries. You know, if you were to consider a, even a classic nativity set, what you're going to find is Mary and Joseph, the baby, shepherds, angel, and Sometimes you'll also find the wise men, but as we know, the wise men never would have encountered the baby Jesus. They would have more than likely have encountered a crawling or climbing up on tables Jesus, as they would have uh, probably seen Jesus just before he turned one. So um, the, the character in which we are going to look at closely uh, today is within eight days of Jesus' birth. So I'm still very much within the bounds of Christmas, although uh, this next passage may seem a little bit foreign for the time. So I'm going to be reading from Luke 2, um, and I'm going to be reading from verse 21 uh, through to 35. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. 
the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went on to the temple courts. He went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So quite strong words, but I think very powerful words, words that bring the true meaning of Christmas. But before delving in, I'm a, I'm a youngish guy, although um, I have experienced a, a good bit of life and a couple of decisions in recent times has made that I have experienced uh, what it is like to, to be a father and to have a family. Um, we had a we had a couple of boys called Luke and Daniel, and uh, we had the great debate, and my wife won, and, and we decided to, to have another child. And uh, being the youngest of four boys, um, and my mum would have been on her hands and knees praying for me to be a girl, but it never was to be. And uh, I was actually married second in our family, uh, yet had kids first, and had the two boys. And then uh, my brother that was married first, he, he had a boy then, and then my eldest got married and had two boys. Uh, and subsequently, my, my other brother has also been married and had a boy. But <laughs> when my third child came out, female, Amy, uh, it, it, was, it was pure joy. Um, and she was followed a minute later by Leah, a second female Somerville, out of nowhere, no twins in the family. Um, and then my brother last year, he thought he'd add to the party and also had twin girls. <laughs> As you can imagine, my mother is, is full of joy. But there's, there's one thing that I've experienced in these years, and, and, uh, and one thing that I would say that I wouldn't have experienced too much of in my, in my young life would be anxiety. I experienced more anxiety as, as a dad than I think I ever had. And uh, it, was, it was very much made known to me just after we had Luke. He was just under two months old and uh, we finally had got him out of our room which seemed like a great victory at the time but um, he wasn't a great sleeper and usually I would put him down at midnight Susan would have been sleeping my wife from maybe uh, maybe 10 or 11 but I did the 12 and then got him down 
But when I went into the room, I forgot to turn on the baby monitor. And I awoke at 4.30. And never t- to that day had Luke ever slept past 2 a.m. And so here's 4.30. And I look at the clock and my heart just sank. And in true fear, I ran into his room fearing the worst. Because that, it, you know, life is, is just so fragile. Uh, and he was fine. I don't know why he's, he was, maybe he had woken at two, cried a bit and went back to sleep. I don't know. Um, but the, the anxiety really is real. Not that we should be anxious. It's just a reality of life. But it's true though that anxiety can, can never really leave us. Sometimes it can even get worse when we're, when we're older, even when even parenting teenagers, I'm not doing that yet. Hopefully I'll get a chance to, but the anxiety still remains, you know, because there's the fear of the world that your kids are out in. What's going to happen? Who are they going to encounter? Which is why, which is why I think Simeon today as the character that we're going to learn from, which is why I think he's so remarkable. You know, from the, from the few of the commentators that I read about this passage, they said that, you know, Simeon could have been like a lot of his peers at the time. Really uh, overburdened by the spiritual deadness around him, that he would just be a bit of a dull dud. But Simeon's very different. Simeon is full of faith and joy, and it is really beautiful. He's very different from his peers that we meet in the Gospels from the religious leaders who are more concerned about following the law than loving people. That is not the case for our man, Simeon, tonight. You know, I, I did have an experience um, of having a very bizarre relationship with uh, a, a, a much older person than I, and actually I, I really benefit from it. His name was Larry, he lived next door to me. He was a postman uh, and he would have these ridiculously early shifts. He'd get up at five, he'd finish at lunch. And because of this, when I was in Montessori, he would usually pick me up afterwards and I would be in the front of his trolley, uh, the, the basket, and those sort of old fashioned post uh, bikes. And I loved it, I was living the dream. Um, but when, when Larry, uh, or when I got a bit older, like I say, I, I, I maintained this relationship with him and um, I would often come home from school. I wouldn't have had a phone at the time. I know, how weird is that? Uh, but I would often have forgotten my keys and he would have been there because he's a postman. He's always at home. And he also had Sky Sports, which was a great bonus. <laughs> but I, 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 I knew this man really well and it was a real tragedy uh, when, he, when he died and it was cancer that took him. But um, I, I got to spend the second last day with Larry on his deathbed. And um, although I knew Larry well, I didn't, I didn't know him to the depths of his core and, and I got to see more of him on that day and I got to see more of his faith. And I remember it was just me and him in his room. He was lying down and he was sharing with me very profound thoughts. And amongst the thoughts, he simply said that he was looking forward to meeting Jesus face to face. Now, as a young 17 year old, this had a profound impact on me. To know that although he was at, at death's door, he had the joy of knowing that he was going to be hanging out with Jesus Christ. You know, it's, I, I, just, I just thought it was, a, now I suppose in hindsight as I look back, you know, it, it is a, a real wonderful picture of how church should be. You know, the, the younger learning from the older, the younger being inspired by the faith of an older person who has been beaten by the world but who has not given up. And that's true for Simeon, someone who has been beaten by the world, but who's not thrown in the towel. 
And as you can see from the words that is said to Mary and Joseph, and Mary and Joseph, the response here is that you know, they marveled at what was said about their son, Jesus. Like, no matter how incredible Mary and Joseph is, and they were like, Lord, we'll do anything, although Joseph, you know, was a little bit slower getting there, but he got there. But they probably didn't know everything. Although they were willing to do everything, they probably didn't know everything. And these words that Simeon brings to them, you know, this is the, this is the, the salvation even for the Gentiles, to be seen amongst all the nations. They were so encouraged by these words. I think, though, the point that I really want to emphasize in this short talk is that, you know, Christmas is a time of hope and it is a time of peace. And it's, it's almost personified in Simeon himself as a man of great hope and clearly has such inner peace. And we celebrate that at Christmas. You know, God, Emmanuel, what hope is that and the peace that we have. But ultimately, what Simeon says is that the true meaning of Christmas, hope and peace, is only fully realized through conflict. And that's what really struck me in this passage. It is through conflict that hope really makes sense and that peace is really realized. I'm actually, um, as I said, I'm the youngest of four boys. My, my parents, although I'm Irish, I spent my whole life here. My parents are Brits. My dad is from Manchester. He grew up outside Old, old, uh, old Trafford, although he's never brought me. Uh, he can maybe hold on to bring me until maybe the, re the revival has happened. Um, but he is, he's a wonderful father, you know, sacrificed so much, uh, is always there. And yet I'm still getting to know my dad because he's not the most communicative person in the world. And when we were celebrating 100 years of World War I there, I, uh, I asked my dad questions that I've never asked him in 31 years of my life, which is, which is odd. But uh, my mum, who's actually ill at the moment, I, I went to visit her and my dad was there. And I was just like, Dad, you're English. He's like, yes, I am. I'm like, but your, your dad, he must have been around the World War. He's like, yeah, my, 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 my dad fought in World War II. He was part of the Air Force. I was like, how did I not know this? I'm like, what about your, your great-granddad? He's like, yeah, he fought in World War I. Fought in the Battle of the Somme. The Battle of the Somme, you know? The bloodiest battle still known to our own history. Responsible for a million lives. You know, a bullet could have gone a little bit to the left or right, and I probably wouldn't even be here. You know, I had a huge new, new uh, just appreciation for life. But it, it is true, just thinking about my, 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 my great, great grandfather and what he went through in order to bring freedom. And, and, and you think of the ending of all of the crazy wars. It's actually through conflict that brings about the resolution or even to the end of, end of slavery. You know, someone has to make a stand and that's conflict. Like, I'm not saying that all conflict is good. Of course, conflict is horrible and takes so many lives. But actually, when the right person is bringing about the conflict, it has beautiful, beautiful impacts. And this is what Simeon is talking about when he says to Mary, the child is destined to causing the falling and rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be spoken against. Because Jesus' life, as we celebrate Christmas, it is light in the darkness. But it first starts with us. And this conflict, I'm appealing to you 
to let Jesus do his work in your heart first, to bring the light into your darkness, to shine on places where you might not want it to shine. But it's not always easy. It is that bit of conflict, but it brings about renewal and revival. It brings about hope and joy and peace like our man Simeon tonight. And, it, and, he, and he says as well, I, I, that last line that I read, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. You know, he's talking to Mary and the, these words are very true for her because she's going to have to watch her own son be crucified. Like probably one of the hardest things to bear. But yet it, it, it should be true for all of us that our hearts should sink at the thought of what Jesus has ultimately gone through for you because he loves you so much, because forgiveness is for you, it is for everyone. And when you really think about the humility of God coming down to earth to live like us, to die in our place, it should move you down to your very soul. You know, the thing about Jesus when he was on earth, you know, they were constantly giving out to him because he was too inclusive. You know, his life was so beautiful, the people that he talked to, those that he encountered, the love, the joy that he brought, the peace in people's lives that the religious leaders at the, at the time thought they were, you know, they weren't worth it. But for Jesus, they were, they were more than worth it. And so tonight, I, I'm, appealing you, I'm appealing to you to maybe reflect upon a, a Christmas character that you might not have in many years past, this man, Simeon that you might, in, in, even as Simeon had just had the baby in his hands, like that was enough for Simeon to then go and die. You know, he just needed to see the faithfulness of God in the baby. He didn't even need to see the rest of the story uh, play out. Just the baby. Like to have that joy and that faith, I want to be like Simeon. But I also want to let the truth of the gospel sink into my heart to let God's light shine into my darkness so that I can join him in the work of reaching the Gentiles, as it says here, but ultimately to be reaching the world. Because this good news is not just for us, it is for the world. And God wants to draw as many back to him as possible. So may we learn from Simeon tonight. May we be encouraged. And may we know the great hope and peace of Christmas. Amen.
Our next reading is taken from John chapter 1, verse 1 through 14. John 1, 1 to 14. Jesus is the true light. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has, not, has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all men might, might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in him, in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord.
The reading now is from the great epistle to the Romans in chapter 8, verses 28 to 39. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 39. Jesus, great promise. Verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? How, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, and more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding. For us, who, should sep who, should, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long and we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to, to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is the word of the Lord.
Folks, let's just uh, talk to God in prayer as we finish off our service. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we've had just to relive and remember and recall the story of Jesus coming. And Father, we thank you for Simeon and for his devout faith, for his patience, and Father, for his joy at seeing the baby Jesus. And I pray that you will have warmed our hearts to the baby Jesus and to the person of Jesus and to the reality of all that he has promised for each of us who believe. And Father, I pray that you will help us to take this with us into Christmas and that, Father, that it will make a profound and lifelong change in our lives. And we thank you that when we give of ourselves to you that you have promised to be with us today and into the future and forevermore. And so we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, just as we finish, I, I want to say a thank you uh, particularly to all who took part today, and uh, just uh, to say uh, that I appreciate deeply uh, the hard work that they have put in. Uh, we have food served upstairs, uh, so when you go through the doors, um, uh, if you go to your left, there's a lift there that will take you to the second floor, and if you're fleet of foot and healthy and young, uh, then you can go to the right and go up a couple of flights of stairs as well, and there's plenty of food for everybody. We have lots of free calendars there on the, in the porch as well. We'd love you to take one uh, as a gift uh, from us to you, uh, a Christian calendar that reminds you of who Jesus is. And lastly, can I wish you all a very happy and a very blessed Christmas. Thank you.